Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast that follows three creators as we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Izzy Miller, and with me are Rosemary Orchard and Maddie Van Houten. Hey. Hello. How are you all today? Yeah, it's, it's, it's another day. It's another recording. I'm having a day. It's a good day, I think. I'm confused. How about you, Maddie? Oh, I have and will continue to describe myself today as scattered to the four winds. So so you are definitely above the mess because you're flying high. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, experiencing new things, Izzy, I hear you've been trying this digital minimalism thing. What's, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so towards the end of September, I read the Cal Newport book, Digital Minimalism. And I don't really agree with all of his conclusions, especially the degree of universality that he grants to them that he, I think, tries to describe a universal human condition that I don't necessarily agree is universal. However, I do think there is some significant amount of truth in what he's describing applying to me. And so that core argument that he's making, that it's worth taking the time to have an intentional approach to ensuring the technologies I use are the best way to achieve the goals I have in using them, is worth doing. And that I was spending, I think, far more time on things that Cal in the book highlights as low-value leisure. Um, Things like watching YouTube until all hours of the night or just spending hours on Discord than I would ideally be doing that I can, I think, get the same value out of watching a little bit of YouTube or spending an hour or a half hour a day on Discord than spending just hours upon hours on both of them. And one thing Cal recommends in the book is taking a one-month break from the technologies that you consider optional to your life, specifically so that when you're revisiting how they fit in on a longer-term basis, you aren't having that bias from having them embedded in your life during the time you're doing so. And so I think this is a pretty good idea, the um, cutting them out temporarily to have a more objective approach to bringing them back in later. And so I'm spending October significantly cutting back on technologies that I have identified as optional for myself. And when we're talking about technologies, Cal's very specific about what that means. And broadly, it's things that are these newer technologies that have really come onto the scene over the last 20 years that we really don't understand the larger impact of yet. Things like social media, things like spending um, a significant amount of time talking to each other over text message instead of face-to-face. And so those are the kinds of things that I'm significantly cutting back on. Um, So work, of course, is still going to need to use the computer all day. It's the nature of software development is that I will be spending time on Slack and that I will be spending time in our project management suite and that I will be spending time writing software. But outside of work, um, in my personal tech, I'm really trying to limit the ways I use social media and text-based messaging to logistics, especially Discord and iMessage. Now, I've never been a heavy Twitter Facebook user. So despite having found more Twitter falling into my life recently, I found it fairly easy to just completely cut out Twitter and Facebook completely. Discord's been harder. I've found some very good communities on Discord and have found myself spending quite a lot of time there. But I have, other than the ones that I absolutely need for 
my personal logistics, completely cut out Discord this month as well. And I'm trying to focus really heavily on having more deep and intentional conversations with specific people rather than idly chatting via text online. And so using Discord to organize a Zoom call with someone, because of course it is still a pandemic as much as I would love the face-to-face time. And I took Discord off my phone entirely. So for so many of these things, what I've done is I've set a very specific boundary that I need to be intentionally going to do the thing that requires technology, that I'm going to sit down at a computer at a specific time to check the email and to respond to my text messages and these things that otherwise were just interrupting me throughout an entire day. Whereas now I am setting a little bit of time aside each day to handle them, to do the logistics. And then if stuff comes in after that, I can handle it the next day. And so far, I haven't found any issues with that in terms of organizing things that some things require a little bit more urgent planning, but I'm always aware of those going into it. And so I know when I need to have my phone actually set to alert me to things. And otherwise, I've been keeping it in focus modes almost the entirety of this month. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting and something I've been trying to do more of at work, which I'm, I'm trying to find a bit of a balance with, is that ability to snooze Slack notifications for 30 minutes or an hour or something, just because otherwise, you know, we all have issues with concentrating on things at times. And it is so easy to go, oh, notification when you're slightly stuck on something and then go, oh, yeah, I'll go and read this person's, you know, um, pull request and, you know, merge it or whatever for them and stuff like that. And It's so easy to fall down that rabbit hole. So trying to prevent myself from doing that, it's not anywhere near to the same level as you're doing, Izzy, but it is very definitely, I'm I'm trying to get much better about things. And I discovered specifically for Slack that you can set do not disturb hours automatically. So, um, you know, but the hours outside of my usual work hours, my work Slack just doesn't disturb me. Um, And a lot of other Slacks now have fairly limited hours where they won't disturb me so that they won't interrupt either my working day or the time that I usually take to relax and chill out in the evening, depending on what it is. Um, And I'm starting to wish that Discord was slightly better at this because Discord servers is like mute for one hour, mute for eight hours, mute until I say no. (laughs) It's like, I'd I'd really like something a little better here, Uh, though I understand it was conceived with uh, a different purpose in mind. Yeah, definitely. Digital Minimalism is a book I read, I think, a couple years ago now. Izzy and I went on the same journey as you did. I uh, deleted all of my social media, and I didn't tell anyone I was going anywhere. So when I came back to some of them after that month, I was like, oh, I do actually have people who use this as the way to contact me. That's kind of sucky that I kind of uh, ghosted them for 30 days. <laughs> um, so I think this is the kind of experiment that needs to go that needs like a lot of thought going into it. So just out of curiosity, what was the like trigger point for you here to go down this path and to decide that you needed to reevaluate your relationship with technology? Because that's what the whole month is about. The 1am YouTube binges were certainly a trigger point in that sense that if I caught myself up at some absurd hour of the night, and of course, I've got ADHD, and it makes it very hard when, when things are good at constantly repulling my attention into something, it makes me very hard for me to be to have the awareness to take a step back from that and step out of those feedback loops. And social media, um, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter are engineered to be addictive 
and engineered to make you do that. And I'm at a disadvantage to that. And so that really was what pushed me towards having the sense that this was something I wanted to do. And of course, I went into reading Digital Minimalism having the sense that my relationship with technology wasn't what I wanted it to be long term. So when the recommendations in the book seemed concrete and applicable, it was not a far step to then say, yeah, this is something that I'm going to try. And I did take the time to plan specifically how I was going to fill that time. So I identified areas that I wanted to focus on during times when I'd find myself bored and would have otherwise picked up my phone that I've um, that I've taken up reading a lot more, which has been on my Kindle, which I think is a perfectly reasonable use of technology. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that one. One thing which hasn't happened as much as I perhaps hoped it would was spending some of that time working on projects of mine. Something Cal asserts in the book is that these high value leisure activities, as he calls them, will give you the energy to keep working on them. And this is something I kind of take issue with as someone who often finds myself without the energy necessarily to go work actively on a crafting project, for example, that there are times when I simply don't have that energy. And so finding for this month, those low energy analog activities to fill it has been a bit of a struggle. Reading has certainly been a very good one, but there are only so many books you can read in a month. And sometimes having just a few minutes to do something needs other things, which I haven't entirely found yet, which has been, I think, the main struggle for me so far. But those board periods, I have noticed less inertia as time has gone on towards getting up to do things when I find myself bored. And that some amount of that inertia was simply the ease of which picking up the phone or picking up the tablet or picking up the laptop had to it. And that without those, that there's an easier moment of convincing my brain to go get up and do something when I find myself with some idle time. I really like the idea of evaluating leisure activities. So you've got your high value ones and your low value ones, because I can imagine from person to person that would probably change significantly. Um, Because I know for me, the other thing that I need to keep in mind is I cycle through interests. So I will spend a couple of months reading every book in sight. I'll go through loads of stuff on my Kindle or whatever, and then I'll spend a couple of months and I'll just not read. Um, and then, you know, and during those couple of months, I'll maybe cross stitch or knit or something else, and then I'll cycle back to it. So what I sometimes optimistically decide in advance is, oh, yes, I could do this in my free time does not necessarily match up with what my brain is actually happy for me to do during those times. And sometimes it turns out that something that I might otherwise consider to be lower value, such as watching a YouTube video is actually potentially better for me in some ways because I'm not mindlessly watching just random, I don't know, who done it videos or this person fell through a, a glass frame. It's more, you know, and this is how the UK electrical blog is actually quite an ingenious design or something like that. Thank you, Tom Scott, for that particular video. Um, 
And so, you know, I have to try and balance that up. So I'm curious as to where you found that balance to land with these things, because obviously, as you mentioned before, you know, you were watching quite a bit of YouTube and, you know, how much of that do you find that you're actually missing from an intelligence sort of point of view, if that makes sense, like actual learning? Yeah, well, I think the key thing so much is not that low value leisure is bad. It's that doing a lot of low value leisure does not sum up to the same as doing a little bit of high value. And that really, it's about making sure that there is a healthy mix and making sure that you're not losing the time to do things that you really care about and things that you really get that sense of satisfaction and accomplishment from doing to filling that time with low value things. And so right now, I've cut out YouTube entirely for the month in order to really reevaluate how it fits in. And I think when the month is over, I will almost certainly bring it back in, but with almost operating procedures around it that like watching one or two YouTube videos, maybe in a day, maybe in a week is probably fine. Or if I have a very specific thing that I'm trying to learn from YouTube, going and seeking out content for that is fine. But those moments at the end of the day, where I'm tired, and I just want to veg out for a moment, and just have things like streamed at my eyeballs, like, Perhaps not letting YouTube's homepage dictate how long I stay up doing that and that I will find alternatives. And then at some point, the right answer for how do you veg out at night is you go to sleep. <laughs> one, of the, one of the ways I thought about um, this high value versus low value consumer back when I did this was actually in terms that one of Rosemary's other podcast hosts put it once is um, David Sparks said, he actually fills three very generic roles where he's the manager, the creator, and the consumer. And I feel like what David Allen was getting at is that um, your high value leisure time, you should probably be creating um, something. You should be creating anything. And that low value, I think he was talking about basically like doom scrolling, doom scrolling Twitter, doom watching YouTube, fog, reading Discord, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, I... I don't know where I was going with that sentence, but basically it's just another way to think about it. And for me, this is having me reevaluate re because I am spending a lot of my time consuming and not a lot of my time creating right now, even though I consider myself a creator. So it's very interesting, very interesting framework to think about stuff. I, I definitely agree. And it's one of these things where, you know, it, it is somewhat of a case of just picking how we spend our time and being more intentional about things to an extent, instead of just letting autoplay, be that on Netflix or YouTube, or even in your podcast player, dictate what you do. Um, because I'm sure everyone's fallen victim to that before, um, uh, where, you know, you're there and, okay, when this podcast finishes, I'll go and do this thing. And then it autoplays the next episode, especially some podcast episodes where you're not sure if that was the end, because it's just finished, um, then, you know, you do end up kind of, you know, listening on for a bit. And then you realize, no, I'm in like, I'm 20 minutes into the next episode. Oh, my gosh, how did this happen? Oh, well, I guess I'll just finish this episode before I do the next thing. And, you know, 16 hours later, you realize that you've not slept or eaten in, you know, a while. And that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I've been doing recently, which is kind of affected you know, by actually you, Izzy, or influenced by you, rather, um, I should say, is uh, I've been attempting to streamline my email. Um, and that's been consolidating things. So I had multiple inboxes and stuff before. 
I've changed email hosts. I'm trying iCloud Plus. Um, not sure I can recommend it, but it's it's a, it's an experiment for me. And I'm trying to get everything down into one inbox. And then I'm trying to get things not into the inbox in the first place. So I have been on a massive rampage of unsubscribing from things um, and deleting things and setting up filters to get rid of stuff that I don't want to see. Um, because it turns out I get a lot of email. And that's one of those many things where it's like, a ding from my email could be incredibly important and so sometimes absolutely deserves to immediately grab my attention. A lot of the time, however, when it's meetup.com saying, hey, there's another one of these events happening in this city that's actually quite far away, but you signed up to this just because you might be interested when you happen to be there. Yeah, that that's the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to go and I'll spend five minutes um, on on this getting rid of it so that I can then, you know, actually spend my time doing the things that I really want to do. Be that, you know, actually creating something, as, as you mentioned, Maddie, or just, you know, not doing something. Because I think sometimes there could be value maybe in not doing things. I'm not sure. I'm guessing, Izzy, you probably have opinions on this. I know one point Cal brought up and something I've been thinking a lot about during this is the idea of solitude and finding that mental space for just yourself that for the first time really in human history over the last 20 to 40 years, we've reached a point where it's easy to fill 100% of our time with content and distraction. And that not so long ago, if you were waiting for the bus, you were waiting for the bus in silence, without headphones, without a podcast, without Apple Music or Spotify streaming, without an iPod, without a a CD player or a Walkman, just sitting there in silence. And there's probably some value to those in-between times where you are forced to spend time with your thoughts. And I've really been thinking a lot about during this, those moments of quiet in-between that if I'm going for a walk and I'm putting a podcast on, sometimes that's good, but sometimes it's probably worth going for a walk in silence and going for a walk without having any headphones in and just being present in the world and the city and the space that I find myself in. I agree with that. Back when I did this a few years ago, uh, one of my goals was to not listen to music or a podcast while I was walking my dog Jinx. My reason for that is we walk around this cute little pond in our neighborhood that you know, there are birds and squirrels and sometimes deer. And I would find myself getting lost in like a discussion about computers while I was amongst nature. And I was like, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. I should be focused on her, on Jinx, on walking, on hearing the birds and just being outside. And it was kind of transformational to embrace the silence, as Cal says. And yeah, I've certainly approached that with some of those operating procedures, some of those um, times when I'm explicitly allowed or not allowed to do things. And so podcasts, I'm allowing myself to listen to podcasts when I'm driving and when I'm working on creative projects. Um, like if I'm woodworking in the garage, I can have a podcast on. But otherwise, if I'm on a walk or riding my bike, I'm, I've been doing that in silence for this month. And we'll see what that ends up looking like after this month is over when I start bringing some of these things back in with more intention about how I use them. But for now, I've been finding that really relaxing even to just go on a walk, 
in silence without my phone, just me walking alone. I think for me, it very much depends on what it is I'm trying to do and, and what my goals are. Because sometimes, you know, if I'm going to go and run errands in town, I'm trying to be efficient. I'm trying to get stuff done. And I find if I'm not listening to something, then I do often end up sort of just getting sucked into, oh, and there's this display here and maybe I should do this or something like that. Whereas sometimes having the podcast or the music can help keep me focused on my mission is to get in and get out with as few purchases as possible in the shortest period of time possible. Um, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's a bad thing. But, um, you know, so sometimes that can be helpful. But I definitely appreciate the point that both of you have made there with, you know, just listening to your thoughts or nothing potentially. And uh, yeah, I, I think I should uh, combine this with a trusty old notebook and pen because I often find when I'm not listening to things, my brain goes, wee, time to give you all of those things that you have been thinking about but couldn't really put into words until now. Um, and so sometimes it's, I, I'll, I'll need a way to capture that. So the music can help keep that at bay too. <laughs> yeah, I think that actually... Um speaks to another another idea where um, being bored is actually where our creati creativity comes from. Like our brain doesn't love being bored as evidenced by all of our projects. When you are constantly taking things in, um, whether it be through like Instagram, Discord, uh, podcast music, whatever, your brain doesn't have time to get bored, to get creative with ways to not distract yourself, but entertain yourself or come up with new ideas or think through problems you've been dealing with. So yeah, that silence is really, really important. I'd love to come back to what Rose was saying about email, though. Email has always been a struggle to me. It's always been almost the lowest value way that I receive contact, that it's always full of things that do not need to be responded to at all, <laughs> things that I do not need to read before I delete them, but at the same time, containing just enough high value things that I need to check it, not every day, perhaps, but with some regular frequency. And so Rose, I'm curious, as you're going on your email journey and really streamlining where all of your email goes, how you're approaching it from the sense of trying to make it more high value, perhaps? Yeah, so a lot of it is just a case of evaluating when stuff comes into my inbox. Like, first of all, is this actually important? And if so, I've just been doing simple iOS, macOS thing of add this person to my VIPs. Because if they're in the VIPs, then they should get, you know, priority notifications, which are ones that come through with a ding attached to them when my phone is not in silent. My phone lives in silent mode, so that doesn't really make a difference to me. But, you know, um, at some point I will turn off notifications for non-VIPs because that that's what I'm aiming for. But it's basically every time I get an email, it's a question of, okay, what is this? You know, it's it's very much the, the the GTD workflow. You know, what is this? Is this reference material? Is this reference material that I need to have read before it can just disappear into a file? Because if not, I should automate this um, and and you know just automatically file it. There, there's no point in you know receiving that. So basically, what I am trying to do is just have things land in my inbox that I actively need to read and or do something about. Now that doing something could be replying, it could be forwarding it to people, it could just be a leave this email here until you have received the thing that is related to it. So for example, my prescriptions come via post. So when when my prescription is dispatched, I need to know this. And then I can, you know, wait. And then when the email arrives through the post, I can go ahead and delete the email. Um, so I'm very much trying to get this down to 
these are just things that I actively need to go and do something about when they come in, which is an interesting one because I found that I was getting a lot of newsletters for things which are generically important to me. For example, um, uh, I, I'm getting a newsletter for my energy supplier and people not in the know there's some energy issues here in the UK. So it's quite useful to be aware of this sort of thing. But also, how important is this in the grand scheme of things? Do I need to read this now? Or can I save this to a read later list to deal with at some other time? And the answer is actually, yes, I found a way that I can do that. Because if I don't get to it in a week or two, then yeah, sure, it's irrelevant. But, you know, as it is, if it's getting swallowed under a pile of other unimportant email, then at the very least now it's got a fighting chance against the other items which I intend to read and have actually been doing a better job of getting through by sorting out my digital email inbox. I also get a lot of craft in my email. I shocked our friend Kathy the other day with my badges on my mail app and it was like 70 something and she was like, oh my goodness, mark them as red or they're not important. (laughs) And I was like, okay, she's got a point. Well, let me go through these. They were all ridiculously simple to say, I don't need any of this. Why am I getting this? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that I get signed up for newsletters every time I go to a site and buy something. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't need to know your life story, ma'am, who sold me a trackpad. Like, I don't need to know that. (laughs) Everybody has email problems. Why do people keep sending more email? It's it's not important. Find another way to communicate with me. (laughs) (laughs) okay maddie skywriting it is Um, okay i think i think the problem with email is it's both for a lot of people an incredibly ineffective way to communicate with people but also from a sales perspective it does absolutely work and this is one of the problems with being so much in contact with digital media because it changes in front of your eyes and it grabs our attention and it's always got the ability to jump and ding and sing at us and go hey there's a thing over here that you should come look at and i'm you know i'm izzy's not the only person with adhd i have adhd as well (laughs) and oh my gosh is it so easy to fall down a rabbit hole when you're not completely focused on something and something goes oh have you seen this video about the squirrel course like a squirrel obstacle course an obstacle course for squirrels oh my gosh it sounds amazing and then you spend six hours watching mark robo videos because it's hilarious um, <laughs> and this is you know the thing with everything it works on us which is why they keep doing it but all of us have the same problem with it even the people sending those newsletters have the problem that they have too much email and they are probably with sitting there with their their mail app of choice on their device saying 999,999 emails and there's more than that that they've got unread but that's where the counter runs out. (laughs) Um, And so everybody has the same problem, um, but nobody's really actually working to fix it. So filters, I'm using filters, lots of filters to try and help fix this. And I'm subscribing. Maddie, I can't believe you've got the badges on for me. Oh, I turned them off after Kathy yelled at me. (laughs) But I realized that I basically need to do what Rose is doing and do an email consolidation. So filters is a good tip. Um, I'm going to ask you if you have more in a second. Because... The badges tell me if there is something important in there. And like today there was, I um, set up a Zoom meeting with a friend to meditate on Monday mornings. And I was like searching frantically for the meeting invite and it just never made it out of my inbox. It never made it onto my calendar. So things like that, like I actually do need to know when some things come in, you know, but the rest can just go straight to the archive or let's be honest, unsubscribe because I'm sick of you people. (laughs) filling up my inbox. So Rose, other than like filters and stuff like that, and the read later, 
anything else that you've been trying or is that just the first few steps? I mean, what I did do is I went from having three email addresses to one email address and lots of aliases. So everything physically lands in the same inbox, which also means that if I want to log in on another device or in another app to try things out and test things, it's quite easy to do because I can do that. And so this has helped me, you know, I'm not just using the mail application. I am. I'm using, and I created a bunch of rules as I was going through um, as well. So that stuff that, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with, I can just apply rules to it and it will disappear in whatever the appropriate action is so that I no longer have to think for this kind of email, what is actually the appropriate action. I've already made that decision before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've decided that all of my, your order um, emails from Amazon, that's not your order has been dispatched, go into archive, but your order has been dispatched, gets deleted. So I read it and I just press the same button that I press, you know, whatever the email is that I'm looking at and it goes next. You know, and it's deleted that one or it's put that one in the archive so that I'm not thinking about things. You know, I'm trying to, David Allen, think once a week, a, a little less than that, hopefully, when it comes to email. But think as little as possible because that does, you know, it makes things easier. Server-side filtering, of course, if you can set it up, say, you know, actually, I just don't want to see dispatch emails from Amazon. Full stop, the end. You know, send them straight into the bin by all means. And while you're at it, use that same search to find all of those emails that are in your inbox and delete them. Because I bet just because, you know, if you want new emails to do that, then you should do the same thing with the old emails. So that, but also um, different email applications can help. So um, there is one for iOS called CleanFox, um, where you can sign it into your email account and it'll go through and it'll look for things and try to help you unsubscribe from stuff. There used to be a service called ArmRollMe, but they were caught doing nasty things with your data. So I I don't use them. And I believe CleanFox is a better privacy policy. And there's another app that I've used called Unibox, which sorts things by sender rather than time received. So, I mean, it is time received, but then it's sender within that. So, you know, everything that I've received from you, Maddie, would be grouped under your most recent email to me. And then I can just go through and go, okay, everything Maddie sent to me is important. I want to keep it, put it in the archive. Everything that the local supermarket has sent to me is no longer relevant because it was food. I shall delete this. And it can really help you just get through things really, really quickly. And between that and, you know, the other system, that's helped me create some rules, both in my mail client and on the server to try and get rid of stuff. And of course, the good old fashioned unsubscribe button can uh, come into play as well there. Yeah, I think I need to make more use of that last option. But the uh, Univox sounds really interesting because I also get a lot of like newsletter emails that I just like to say, no, get rid of these all, like all of these and I'll, I'll unsubscribe because going through like Gmail's web view to like find all of the, you know, letters from uh, who am I going to toss out there? Company A and say, no, I don't want your emails anymore. Get rid of them. And then you find out that they send it under, you know, company A and or HQ at company A or marketing at company A. And you're like, oh my goodness, I just want you all to be under one name. So that would be great to, to try. So yeah. I might try that. Yeah. Whenever um, I, I I look at this um, in the macOS mail application or iOS, if you click on the um, the to address, then you can do a search for that address. And that can be really useful when you're there going, okay, you know, Ventra recently emailed to tell me that my, uh, my Ventra card for the travel in Chicago is expiring. Cool. 
I'll search for this, uh, unsubscribe from one, and then delete everything else mm-hmm. because, you know, I know my venture card is expired. That's fine. I've had it for a long time. I'll get a new one next time I go. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good tip. Izzy, is your inbox under control? My inbox is surprisingly kept pretty well under control and has been for a while. Um, I am fierce about unsubscribing to things that I don't care about. The toughest part about email, honestly, I think, is that for some things, it really is still the best option for so many ways to communicate. For long-form communication, email lets you pull parts out when you're replying. It lets you have threaded conversations that keep the context around it over long periods of time. If you try to do that in Slack, that thread is going to get buried within a day. Mm-hmm. Whereas email can have long living conversations for significant amounts of time. And for some conversations, it makes sense to have these long living conversations, things like planning travel with somebody or going back and forth, editing drafts, having the context for each of the comment and being able to have that discussion go back and forth is something email's really good at. And it makes it so much harder when so much of the email we get sent is this bulk, high volume stuff that we simply don't care about. If we could just divest ourselves entirely from email, it would be such an easy decision. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's still the best way to, you know, inquiry into any kind of like big quote purchase. Like, honestly, like this is how I talk to my fence contractors. Like if I'm doing that, Um, it's the easiest way to um, send like, this is not urgent. But can you answer this question for me at work? Um, Although some people have the wrong relationship to email at work and respond immediately. Don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> like I did it here because it wasn't urgent. I would have called you or pinged you or something. Anyway, uh, I digress. But yeah, so I agree that it's like, it's still one of our best ways. Um, having it replace paper mail, you know, was the goal and the dream. And it it kind of did that, but then it became our junk mail spot for everyone. And I still get paper junk mail too. So it's like, you're approaching me on all fronts, guys. <laughs> Well, at least with paper mail, you can put it in the uh, recycling bin or shred it and turn it into worm food or something. You know, there's there's advantages to that versus, yeah. uh, you know, the digital stuff where it's like, no, you just you just use energy to to send this. There there was no actual benefit to either of us yeah. in this coming into my inbox. So thank you very much. Let let's prevent this from happening again. And that's something that I need to be better at doing and saying. You know, like it, it was aspirational when I signed up to this newsletter. You know, like I thought I was going to be the kind of person that wears these kind of dresses that are sold on this website or I was going to take up this hobby or something like that. And I'm not doing it. So you know what? I'll stick like the website in a note somewhere so I can come back to it if slash when I decide that I'm going back to that hobby. And then, you know, let's get rid of the email because right now it's not helping me aspire to be a better person. It's making me feel bad about not being the person who I once aspired to be, even if that's not an accurate reflection of who I want to be now. Email newsletters, I feel like, are almost always better served by finding an appropriate blog with an appropriate RSS feed to follow. And keeping that entirely out of my email and entirely out of the context of communicating with people. Yes. I actually use a service called Feedbin, which has um, an email 
um, option where you can then put that email address into newsletter subscriptions, which are things like news that are coming in. Um, there's also paid uh, newsletter subscriptions out there now where, you know, if you're a member of a website, then you get a bonus newsletter every week, every month, whatever it is. And I've just I'm, I'm using that email address frequently and just going, yep, sure, sign me up, please. And then that stuff lands in an RSS feed that comes from that email because it turns out some people think RSS is dead. It's not. I use it daily, people. Bring back the RSS. Everybody loves RSS. <laughs> they, they think it is. I'm, I'm bringing it back to life by using good old-fashioned email to shove it in there because turns out technology is mutable. You can change it to do what you need. So I have been attempting to do that which maybe isn't precisely digital minimalism, but at the very least, it's minimizing the things which are trying to steal my attention on a daily basis from what actually needs my attention. Maddie, I know that I'm not the only person who's been attempting to minimize uh, the, the amount of things that I, I have or receive. You, you've been doing some interesting minimalism of a different kind, very different kind. Oh, yeah. Um, in our last episode, I listed my active projects. Um, I think I talked for like a good three minutes just of my active projects. Um, I have been since then trying to minimize the number of projects on my active project board, not because I like don't want to do some of them, but because my brain can't handle it. Like I said earlier, I'm scattered to the four winds. Part of that is, well, I just also got diagnosed with ADHD like three weeks ago. So um, lately, I've been struggling a lot. Uh, one of the things with adult ADHD is that you usually don't get a diagnosis until it's affecting your life. And it started affecting me. So um, I had, I don't know, 12, 15 active projects. And I am trying a thing where I'm clearing the deck. I am trying to finish up projects that have a... Um, time constraint, like uh, I need to winterize the veggie garden. You know, I thought I was going to maybe do a fall crop, but like I said, I can't handle it right now. My brain is just not there. So what I'm going to do is instead call the season early, uh, take down the pole beans that are dying on the trellis and, uh, you know, cut back the tomatoes and do all that and just call it done. Get it off my plate until at least January because the growing season starts that early here <laughs> in my town. Um, and things like that. So uh, the other day, I identified some projects that um, basically I can I can call them done at least for now. There were six of them. So I'm focusing on those. I've got some ongoing projects that need my attention while I do that, but I'm just trying to give myself space, minimize the number of things that are grabbing me and saying, you need to focus on me now. Just like get, like give myself time to get back into the swing of things because um, this will probably come up on other podcasts, but I have depression, anxiety, ADHD, and a uh, perfectionist streak. So um, when I'm not, you know, paying enough attention to projects, my brain is like, you're letting people down. And I'm like, but I can't, there's no more time in the day. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get to a spot where I can say, okay, there's only five things that need my attention. And the rest of the day, I can just breathe. Just have some of that silence that Izzy was talking about, or, you know, go on a walk outside or do some exercise or something that I feel like, feel like I haven't had time for in the last, I don't know, like six months. It's been a long time since I felt not scattered, not wound up, not too busy to do anything. Um, and I hate, hate 
feeling busy. When people ask me how I'm doing and I say busy, that just mm, drives me off a cliff because <laughs> there's like this culture of we should be busy all the time. And I I hate it. I want to I want to sit on the couch and knit. I want I want to watch, you know, all eight seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. How many seasons are there now? I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to chill. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, this ongoing triage, this trying to figure out what needs me now, what I can get off my plate is my main focus for, well, foreseeable future because there's a lot. And it's not like you're saying to these projects that you're never going to do them, is it? You're just saying that right now they are not a priority and therefore they don't get to steal all of your focus. That doesn't mean that you probably won't have ideas for them. I've been there before and it's like, okay, still lock the ideas because otherwise my brain will keep going, hey, you know this project over here? Hey, you know this project over here? Brain, shut up. I'm trying to do something else. Yeah. Trying to identify what you actually need to do right now versus what your brain feels like you could be doing right now. Mm -hmm. I know my brain is so optimistic. So optimistic. It's like, Rose, you can knit, listen to a podcast, do the washing up and run the robot vacuum all at the same time. No, no, I can't because the the robot vacuum interferes with the podcasting, which interferes with the knitting. And no, I can't do that. So (laughs) I am looking forward to seeing how this challenge goes for you, Maddie, and stealing all of your tips because I feel like I probably need this too. Yeah, um, I'm leaning heavily on the people in my mastermind group that I started on a whim. How many? Like four weeks ago, literally just before we started recording this podcast. and yeah, so some of their tips so far have been, you know, look at the time sensitive stuff. Like my Christmas sweater is called a Christmas sweater because it needs to be done by Christmas. So that one should probably get some attention because it's now October 11th and <laughs> um, yep. it's not done. <laughs> it is amazing to me if I think about the things that I need to get done how many of those things I've just completely constructed to myself as needs Mm -hmm. versus how many of those are actually time sensitive or how many of those are actually important to me. And so it's definitely something that is well worth doing to spend that time and, and think about your projects and think about which of these are things that are important to be on my plate right now. And which of these are things that maybe don't even need to be postponed for a ways, but you can just work on when you feel like you have the energy and interest. Mm -hmm. I agree. And not let them be screaming at you. I agree completely with that. As a counterexample, one of my ongoing projects is typing up my novel that I finished. I only have four and a half chapters left of typing. And my brain was like, okay, but then after typing, we need to find an agent and we need to edit and we need to do this and this, 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 this. And, you know, just going on that whirlwind of like, there's so much more to do. And I was like, why am I doing this? Because there is no time limit on this. You know, I I want it to be good. I don't want it to be done. You know, there's, there's something to be said about perfectionism, but basically I have just given myself permission to say, okay, I'm going to finish typing up the book and then I'm going to put it down until the new year because right now I need time. I need time away. Yeah, that is definitely uh, a, a really good thing. You need to give yourself time as well with, with all these things. And uh, yeah, I think that's something that everybody should take home uh, to, uh, to 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 review, you know, whether it's taking time away from digital things, whether it's taking time to consolidate stuff or taking time away from your projects. There is uh, plenty that, you know, everybody can hopefully do and feel maybe a little less stressed out about life in general and hopefully listen to some birds and take a dog for a walk. Borrow one if you don't have one. I'm not suggesting you, you go adopt a dog necessarily, but feel free to borrow a pet. 
Rose, you got to stop telling people to go find a dog because this is how you cursed me with a second dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was an accident. I just suggested, you know, you're asking for exercise tips. I suggested borrowing a dog every other day. I didn't say go find a dog that needs adopting. It was not my intention. And then Belle appeared like a ghost from the ether <laughs> and won't leave me alone. <laughs> that was my bad. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that one. <laughs> In the meantime, if you're enjoying listening to us and you found us but you don't know where to subscribe to us, then go look in any podcast app, your podcast player of choice, for Above the Mess, which is where you can find us. And of course, AboveTheMess.com is where you can find the podcast website. Izzy, where can people find you maybe after October? The easiest way to find me is through my website at Stardust.fm. And Maddie? I uh, write at FlexPotential.com you can find everything else from there and you can find me at rosemaryorchard.com which has links to everything including social media um and you know if you want to hit me on twitter that's rosemaryorchard in the meantime we'll be back with another episode soon bye everyone talk soon